as women, we tend to be fixers, problem solvers, and we're also generally a little bit more emotionally invested in our marriages. We want to improve them. We want to have those long-lasting relationships that will stand the test of time and will stand strong no matter what life throws at it. But there is one area of working on our marriages and improving them that is best left up to God. Really, we should keep our hands off. Today, I'm going to share with you what that one thing is, why no matter how hard you try, it's not working, and then also what it is that as wives we should be doing to improve our marriage. Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting to do life God's way but are unsure how or what that even looks like? Do you sometimes fear that you're doing this whole wife and mom thing all wrong and want to know how to do it right? Or do you want to stop worrying all the time and learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Bible study teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to find biblical answers to life's challenging questions in His Word, to know what His promises are for you, how to apply them to your life, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day, and follow the amazing plan that God has for you, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. All right, ladies, are you ready for some practical application of God's Word, biblical wisdom that you can use today to improve your marriages? Like I said in the intro, we as women are fixers. We're problem solvers. We tend to do this all day, every day as our kids and our husbands and other people come to us with situations that they need help with. That's part of our helpmate, you know, duties. It's part of our nurturing that we have as moms. It's a part of how God created us was to be problem solvers and to help other people. And We try to do this with our marriages as well, and whether we're just trying to improve our marriage to make it better, or we're desperately trying to hold it together before it completely falls apart, there is one thing as women that we need to stop doing in trying to fix our marriages or trying to improve them, and there's one thing that we need to start doing. Fortunately, years ago, when I became a stay-at-home mom, I had two kids at home and a third one that was on the way, and I took a Bible study class during the day, and it was on a book called Disciplines of a Beautiful Woman, and in that book, we were taught how to have this gentle and quiet spirit, how to leave things up to God and to trust Him, how to pray for someone else and then to trust God to work. And one of the things that I remember so distinctly from that lesson was to not put the, you know, scripture references in front of my husband, to not try to 
encourage him overly with scriptures or what he should be doing or not be doing or, you know, all those kinds of things. And I remember distinctly that, you know, don't be putting scriptures, you know, people, you know, ladies were talking about that they were putting it on the back of the toilet or on the, you know, bathroom mirror or whatever it was trying to get their husbands to, you know, read it and to change and how we needed to have that gentle and quiet spirit and to leave those things up to God to leave our husbands and God working in their lives up to him because so often we get in the way. We mess things up. We just totally get in God's way and we need to leave it to him and what it is that he wants to do and how he wants to work in our husband's lives. And at the time, our marriage needed some improving. It needed some changes. And I thought, okay, Lord, you know, I'm going to leave this up to you. I mean, at the time, my husband pretty much went to church all the time, but didn't necessarily want to, wasn't interested in tithing or giving to the church or spending extra time like in Bible study or anything like that. It was was just kind of a low point for us when it came to, to church and being involved and having that you know, that stabilization of church in your marriage and in your life. And I I did what it said. I did what I was taught and just started to pray for my husband and to leave it up to God and to not try to come up with ways of how I could fix him, how I could make him better, how I could make him see what I thought he needed to do and what I thought he needed to change. And I let that go. It wasn't until probably three or four years later, maybe even a little bit more, that I was able to look back and see what God had done in my husband's life. Because he went from that man who didn't really want to go to church or be involved in church, didn't want to be giving to the church, wasn't really that um, that fatherly, you know, biblical figure to our kids the way that I would have wanted him to be and changed him to where he was not only doing all of those things, but he was now teaching Sunday school class. He was now teaching with me true love weights to the teenagers in the school, in that church. And then he became a deacon and co-chairman of the deacon board. I mean, God did an amazing change in my husband's life. And ladies, I had nothing to do with it except for to follow God and allowing him to work in my husband's life and to not get in his way. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And that what we need to stop doing in our marriages is trying to fix our husband's We need to stop coming up with the scriptures that we think that they need to hear and to put them in front of their face or to remind them of them in some way. You know, how we read that scripture and go, oh, yeah, this is exactly how my husband is. I'm going to figure out a way that I can go, oh, hey, babe, look at the scripture that I found today. What do you think of it? Do you think your husband doesn't know what you're doing? He does. And. When we try to do this, really, we are just getting in God's way. 
God knows our husbands so much more intimately than even we do. He knows what they're thinking. He knows what their heart is. He knows what their true desires are. And he has unimaginable resources to be able to reach down and to touch our husband's hearts and minds and to change them. Romans 11, 33 and 34 says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor? God does this job of changing our husbands, of of reaching them and making our husbands more like Christ in the way that we would want them to be so much better than we ever could. And that's why so often we just get in the way and we need to step back and we need to trust God that he's going to do this and that he's going to work in our husband's lives as we are praying for him to do so. And then in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God has a much better plan, ladies, than anything that you could ever come up with to try to influence or change your husband. Much better ways. He knows the future. That we don't know. We have no idea what the future is. What's around the corner? What's going to happen in the next hour? But God does. And God has a perfect plan for how he's going to reach your husband. And how he's going to make those changes. And you can see God did it in my husband's life. And I had nothing to do with it. I left it all up to him. And God did it. You can trust him. This is something that God wants for your husband and your children and your life just as much as you do. So what is it exactly that we need to stop? And, you know, I think about my little granddaughter in this because she would put up her little hand and just go, stop, just stop. And that's what she kind of does to us. And it's kind of a joke in our family. But one is stop finding the scriptures that you think that your husband needs to hear and finding a way to put them in front of his face. This can actually have the opposite effect of what we want, because if we do this, you know, particularly too much, then our husbands can become annoyed by the scriptures and kind of put up that wall and that barrier of, I don't want to hear the scriptures anymore. I don't want to hear of how you think I need to change or what God thinks that I need to do. And then the next thing is, nagging him about what it is that he needs to change. And, you know, even if it's scripturally based, but if you've mentioned this to him more than three or four times without a positive response, you're nagging him. All right. And that's not where you want to go. That's not what you want to do. Again, you're going to build up that wall. Proverbs 27, 15 says a continual dripping On a very rainy day, and a contentious woman are alike. We don't want to be the continual dripping, the annoying, okay? We want to let God work on him. 
let God bring the scriptures to mind that he knows that your husband needs. If your husband is like mine and he really wasn't interested in going to church, as I said, he wasn't and yours isn't interested in going to church, or you may think that he should be involved in Awanas or in Sunday school or whatever that is, then instead of you know, going to him and going, I really would like you to go or sending our kids. That's another thing that we have a tendency to do is we send our kids and go, oh, go ask daddy if he's going to go to church. Ladies, stop. Get your kids ready for church. Get yourself ready for church. Whatever it is that you want to go do, whatever it is that you think that God is leading you to do and to taking your kids to, invite your husband to go. And if he says no, get the kids ready and go. And let God deal with his heart while you're gone. And if the next Sunday comes up and you can ask him, we're going to go, do you want to go? And he says, no, okay, get the kids ready, go. And let God deal with his heart while you're gone. But to start a fight about it, to nag him about it or bug him about it or to walk away disgusted only puts it back on you. But if you Keep calm if you just do what it is that you know what God wants you to do in cheerfully taking your kids to church or going yourself to church, wherever it's going to be, then it's on him. And God will deal with him and God will work on his heart. And then the next thing, and this is a big one, ladies, big one. Please do not compare your husband to someone else whether it's your friend's husband, this wonderful godly man that you see at church all the time, whether it's somebody at work that you think is wonderful, whatever it is, please do not compare your husband to someone else. We have a tendency as people to take the very best things that we see in somebody else's life, because a lot of times we see the best side of everyone else most of the time, but we know our husbands really well. We see them at home. We see them when they're frustrated and angry and things aren't going well. And we tend to take those great things that we see in somebody else's life and we compare them to the worst part of our husbands that we don't like. And that's not where you want to go. It's a very dangerous, dangerous place to go. Not only that, but think about it, ladies. If your husband was comparing you to another woman, how would you feel? If he came to you and said, why can't you be more like so-and-so, how would you feel? This is, a, like I said, it's a dangerous place. It's not a place that we want to go. And we need to look at the good things that are in our husbands. You know, there's a scripture that talks about... um looking at all the things that are right and pure and good and all the perfect things. We need to focus on those things on our husband and pray for God to improve those, to make them, you know, make more of those kinds of things to help us think about some of those things about our husbands and to not focus so much on the negativity. And then the last thing that I want to encourage you to not do is to not get others involved by asking them to talk to your husband. Oftentimes, this is just another area where we are getting in the way and not allowing God to work. If 
there's somebody that, you know, God will put it on their heart to speak to your husband or to make a change or to invite them to church or whatever it is that it might be, let God do that. God certainly has the power and the sovereignty to be able to do that and let him work on that. And ladies, I want you to understand that I'm not referring to if your husband has a drug problem or an alcohol problem or if there is abuse in the home in any way. That is a completely different realm of what we're talking about. We're talking today about improving your relationship between the two of you, improving your marriage. But if there are significant difficulties that are happening, then yes, please seek help. Please seek counsel. Please go to someone else and have them help you to work through this. As we see our husbands, as we see that they need to change and where, I mean, even if it would be in their best interest to change, it's very difficult for us to keep quiet. I mean, we want to help them. We want to encourage them. We want to see them and improve. And we know that this is what's going to be best for them. And it's really difficult to to stay quiet and to allow God to do it himself. But like I said, ladies, trust him. Think about this. In 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2, it says, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. As you are quiet, as you are not nagging or bugging or trying to put scriptures in front of them or making suggestions and that kind of thing, but you are just quietly and that gentle and quiet spirit following the Lord, doing what it is that you know in your heart he wants you to do for yourself or for your children, and you just leave the rest of it up to God, your quietness speaks volumes to your husband. And we have that promise from God that if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. Pray over that, ladies. Think about that. Because that is how you're going to be making changes in your family, in your husband's life, is by remaining quiet and following what God has told you to do and not try to fix your husband. Can you see how, no matter how hard you try to do this, you try to fix your husband, it doesn't work. And it doesn't work because it's not your job. It's God's job. It's God's job to see your husband, to know his heart, to know his mind, and to draw your husband closer to him. It's not your job to push your husband toward him. So then what is our job? What are we to do as wives to improve our marriages? Well, let's look at Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5. It says, Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, 
A plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. What God wants you to work on is you. He wants you to work on you becoming more like Christ, on you becoming closer to him and becoming more like him. Think about it. Are there areas where God has been nudging you to change? It could be to show more grace and forgiveness to your husband or to those who are around you, to be less critical of them. Or maybe it's to be a little more loving and caring. Or maybe to be a little less quarrelsome and not fight quite so often. Are there maybe sin areas in your life that God has been just kind of working in your heart and your mind that he wants you to change? What about giving of your time and your talents? Is there an area there where God is prodding you to do something more, to do something different, to step out of your comfort zone? Or maybe it's to tone down the house a little bit. Um, I don't know about you, but I used to yell a little too often at my kids when they were little. So maybe it's to tone that part down a bit. Or in managing your household or just managing your life. And God's wanting you to organize it a little bit more or to just be a little bit where you're you know, happier when the husband comes home or things are done, dinner is made, that sort of thing, and just add a little bit more peace to your home life. There's a scripture in Psalms. It's Psalm 139, 23 and 24. And it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, this can be a scary thing to pray because we don't always want to know what that wicked thing is in us. But trust me, every single one of us has it. God is constantly working on our hearts and on our lives to change them. I had somebody ask me one time, why doesn't God just change us all at once? I think that we would be completely overwhelmed <laughs> if God took all the things that he needed to change in my life and tried to do it all at one time. Thankfully, he's done it over decades in changing my heart and changing my life. But we have to take that first step and say, Lord, what is it that I need to change? What is it that you want to work in my heart now? that's going to make a better home life, that's going to make a better marriage, that's going to make me a better mom. And that's where we need to go. And even as scary as it is to think, okay, Lord, what is that wicked thing? Do I really want to know? But if you look to the future, you're going to be so much happier that you did that and that you got that sin and that thing out of your life and that God has changed you. Psalm 143.10 says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. And that should be our prayer. Lord, lead me in what it is that you want me to do. And yes, there may be times, few times, but maybe times where God prompts you to say something to your husband to show him a scripture. But ladies, trust me, it's going to be very, very few. And you need to really be in tune with the Lord and say, Lord, is this of you? 
Is this what you want me to do? Because we've talked about the enemy before. The enemy will try to get in there and he will try to lead you astray and make you think you have to say something, you have to do something, or this is never going to be different. And trust me, you can trust God. You can trust God to work in your husband's life. You can trust God to work in your life and your heart and make a difference in your marriage, no matter where in the spectrum of, you know, good or difficult marriage that you might have. So how are we going to live this out? First, we're going to be in prayer. Pray every day. Stop and pray when you need to. If things happen and you get frustrated and or you see that your husband's doing something that you really, you know, know that God would not want him to do, whatever the case may be, but stop and pray. Pray for your husband. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family every single day and for God to be working and making changes. And then stop trying to fix your husband or to change him and allow God to do that work and allow God to touch his heart and to reach him and for God to draw your husband closer to him and not you trying to push your husband towards him. And then seek the Lord for what it is that he wants to do in your life. What kind of changes does he want to make in you to bring you closer to him and make you a better wife and a better mom? And then ladies, trust him for the outcome. We tend to say those kinds of prayers and then we bring it right back because we think, oh, I can do this or I can do that. And ladies, just let it go. Remember I said it was when I let it go that God worked in my husband's life and did amazing things far beyond whatever I could have imagined would happen. I mean, a deacon in the church that was way beyond any of my thoughts. But God did that. And ladies, he can do it in your life as well and give you the long-lasting, loving relationship that you are longing for. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much that you created marriage. You created man and woman and for us to be together and to have that marriage relationship that we just share intimately with one person, with our spouse, Lord. And you have a perfect plan for that. And yes, we're people and we're faulty and we sin and we bring that into our marriages and it causes difficulties and it causes things to be hard and strange and just difficult. And Lord, I just pray that you would work in these ladies' hearts, that you would work in their husbands' hearts, Lord. As we become closer to you as individuals, then we also become closer together in that triangle. And Lord, I pray that for these ladies. I pray that you will help them to let go of what it is that they think that they need to fix and change in their husbands. And Lord, that they would look at themselves and what it is that you, Lord, want to change in them, what you want to do in them, how you want to make them more like you. Lord, I lift up each and every one of these ladies that they will spend each day in prayer with you and that you will just guide them and direct them and how it is that you want them to be and what you want their marriages to be like. Not all marriages are the same and that's okay. 
but what you want their relationship with their husbands to be like. And Lord, I ask this in your precious name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this. Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today, and know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.